and welcome to I Talk to Ghosts. I'm your haunted host, Jennifer, a communicator to the spirits and a teller of ghost stories. Here we are in the last week of February. Though the light is slowly returning to the Northern Hemisphere, things are still fairly dark. So in that spirit, let's stay a little dark tonight. We will be exploring stories of hauntings associated with murder houses. That is kind of dark. What was I thinking? Oh, well, it's too late now. But don't worry, we will lighten back up with an enlightening spirit reading with my podcast guest of the week. Curious about what a medium reading could be like? You're going to witness one after the ghost stories. Then join me at my seance table for a message from the spirits. I'll call a spirit close, connected to someone listening to the podcast. So this message could be for you. But first, the spooky, the haunted stories start right now. A few years back, we rented our first house. Perhaps it should have been a red flag that the rent was so cheap and that there hadn't been any competition when putting in our application to become tenants. At first, the space seemed normal, but slowly, as time went on, certain rooms became heavy, complete with that feeling you get when being intensely watched. It was very unsettling, and soon, no one was willing to go into the basement alone. One night while eating dinner at the dining room table, the light bulb above us became very bright, and then the bulb shattered. Our living room TV started turning on and off by itself. I'd like to excuse some of this for bad wiring, but then we noticed the TV thing only happened if you were in the room, alone. Occasionally, you'd be walking down the hallway, and you'd pass through what smelled like smoke, just a small concentrated area that seemed to dissipate the moment you disturbed it. A few months later, my husband and I grabbed a cab ride home. We gave the driver our address, and he looked back at us in shock and said, You mean the murder house? Surprised and confused, we asked him what he was talking about. During the whole ride home, he proceeded to tell us. About a decade back, a man murdered his family in our house. I guess, since we were only renters, none of this had to be disclosed. When I got home, I searched our address on the internet, and sure enough, there's our house and the age of all the victims. Digging deeper into it, I discovered that the murderer had tried to burn the house down to cover the evidence. We moved as soon as our lease was up, refusing a discounted deal on our rent if we stayed. That was the last time I neglected to research an address before I moved in.
Unfortunately, a few years ago, a murder had occurred at a suburban home in my community. The house in which this grisly event took place is located on a very busy street in my neighborhood. A local man had discovered his wife was having an affair, and this had set off a chain of unspeakable events that resulted in multiple people losing their lives. Every time I drive past this house, which by then was vacant, it was all I could do not to stare at it. I was part of a quiet community, and I'm not sure exactly why, but I was intrigued. The house snagged my attention every time I drove by it. The house sat vacant for years, and I never did see anyone there. A little over a year ago, I noticed the house was for sale again. This might sound weird, but I went to the real estate website to look at the photos of the interior of the house. It wasn't entirely because I wanted to see the scene of the crime, but more because I had discovered over the last few years that I can easily notice spirits in photos. In any case, it was obvious from the real estate photos that someone had purchased the house, updated it, and now was ready to sell it. I didn't see anything unusual in the photos of the house until I got to the last image. It was a photo of the back of the house, which featured a large kitchen window. My eyes were immediately drawn to this window and I felt my heart jump. I felt something was there looking back at me. I downloaded the photo so that I could zoom in and play with the image's brightness and contrast. With not much effort, I enlarged the photo and could clearly see a figure of a woman standing inside the kitchen. But this woman, her eyes, were black holes that seemed to be focused specifically on me. Then, I noticed her mouth. It was a large, gaping hole, frozen as if in a scream that wouldn't end. My nervous system had had enough. Shaking, I tried to maneuver my mouse to close the image and quickly get it off my screen, but my mouse chose that exact moment to stop working. Trying not to panic, I stood up and shut my laptop. As soon as I did, my phone buzzed from an incoming call and I thought I was going to jump out of my skin. The caller was an unknown number. <laughs> um, no, no thank you. You couldn't have paid me enough to answer that call at that moment. The next day, I had lunch with a friend at a sunny outdoor cafe near my place. I figured I'd have enough courage then to open my laptop and delete that photo. Maybe show it to my friend before I got rid of it. Having told her the whole story, she agreed to take a look. Maybe I had imagined the ghastly image. When I opened my laptop, the photo was gone. It wasn't open. 
The file wasn't on my desktop, and it wasn't in my computer's trash. It was just gone. My friend then asked me if I had gotten a voicemail from the unknown caller, so I looked. I had. There was a message waiting for me. We played it multiple times to confirm in the white noise of the call we could hear a woman screaming. I don't drive past that house anymore. A few years back, my daughter bought her first house. I was so excited for her. She saved and worked hard to buy her first home. She found a really great deal on a huge three-bedroom with a swimming pool. I thought the price was way under market, but hey, a deal is a deal. The first time I went into the house, I had a weird, almost sick feeling. I didn't like the way that house felt. It had been vacant for several years, so I thought it may have gotten some mold in the air ducts or something. So I helped her unpack a little, and I took her kids to my house so she could get work done. The next time I came over was even worse. The house was always hot. No matter what the air was on, it was hot. I never hated being in a house as much as I did this one. I had started babysitting for her overnight, so I decided to make the best of it. I had put the boys to bed and was watching TV when I heard someone breathing in my ear. It freaked me out, but I thought maybe it was a bug flying by. A few minutes later... I heard a growl, like a low, wild animal growling. Maybe the kids were up playing in their room? That night, I didn't sleep at all, and when my daughter came home, I told her I was never staying in that house again. She told me she had heard things, and that the boys said there was an old man in their room. I told her she needed to find out what was going on. Well, when we did find out, she put the house up for sale. Thank goodness it sold quick. Seems the old man who used to live there had done some terrible things in his life and that the energy of the house remembered. Book a tarot reading with me. Tarot can be a wonderful source for affirmation, validation, and inspiration. To book a session with me, visit italktoghosts.com slash readings. Let's see what the cards have to say for you. Hello. 
Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. My guest this evening is Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. I'm well, Jennifer. Thank you. So good to meet with you today. Um, I am excited about this. I have an older gentleman coming through for you. I want to describe him kind of as an oak, which is not something that I do very often. Okay. It's not that he was stoic. But words like philosophy are kind of coming in for me. Okay. And stories seem to be really important as well. Okay. That probably my dad. When he says he didn't like nonsense, it's not because he didn't like laughter and silliness. He did not appreciate unnecessary drama or... You know, the silliness that human beings beings can bring to the table for no reason. He definitely didn't suffer fools. Yes, that is a great way to say it. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying here. Because, um, you know, he's when I get this laundry list of who someone is, the first th the first word I heard was philosophy. OK. And then I'm like, all right, what's going on there? He just really like to kind of examine life all the way around and share that. And boy, did he like to tell stories. Yes. Have you ever seen the movie Big Fish? Yes. I thought in some ways that was um, a story of his life because he would tell these grandiose stories that that he never twisted your arm to necessarily believe. Uh-huh. But then after he passed, these people from the past would come like, oh, well, that's the time that I remember. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, that was a true story. Now, thoroughly and completely embellished. Don't get me sure. wrong. But right. there was a root of truth to most of these, fan what would appear to be fantastical stories. Mm-hmm. It's the romantic in him, too. Yeah, unconventional romantic. Because as we're talking, his love for your mom, he says, gosh, if she only knew, I, I just hope she knew and could gleam how much I loved her. I think there's a, a bit of a sadness there with him. Yes. Can you connect that? Yeah. I don't think they communicated well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was a man of his time, you know supper on the table, you know, housewife, mm. man at work kind of thing. Um, and I think she was fine with that because she was kind of also a woman of her time. And, and mm -hmm. There were times when you wondered, why were these two people married? You know, right. it just seemed like they were so at odds, not fighting necessarily, but just so very different. Mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, if, if there's an attraction, it's the definition of opposites attract. Sure. With your mom, she's coming in vibrant. Mm -hmm. In her youth, I'm seeing perhaps dancing, maybe outfits, something like that. Like she just had a, a, a vibrancy and a effervescence about her. Competition dancing as a very young woman, like high school age. Okay. She was proud of that. Mm -hmm. Loved to her express herself in creative ways she has a bit of a, a a streak in her uh so i see what you're saying with that clash with your dad mm -hmm. she loves you guys it's just when when you meet someone like that it's like i'm surprised you settled down 
You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's definitely that, or or at the very least, with whom she settled down. <laughs> because for all of the storytelling of my dad, he wasn't open to strangers that much. And my mom would talk to rocks. If we stopped <laughs> at a, you know, a grocery store, she knew everyone's life story and they knew hers in a matter of minutes, you know. Yeah. He would be like, you know, behave yourself, you know, strangers, you know. And she'd be like, blah, 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 there's no stranger in her life. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> <laughs> Just doubling back to your dad for a second. Mm -hmm. I feel like his emotions ran deep and they always didn't bubble up to the surface. I, I did say that there was that sadness there. Mm -hmm. I I feel like there was probably a poignant moment where if you saw him crying, you knew things were bad because it just didn't really happen. Yeah, he, he didn't share easily. Mm -hmm. And when emotions came out, they were, I don't want to say catastrophic, but they were nuclear. I don't know. They were, <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, big because they had been kind of built for so long, you know? Yeah. Okay, so this is a weird random one. All right. So I want to put it out there. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm seeing like steel tubes, like stainless steel tubes. Behind our house, across this lot where it was a schoolyard, there was a, a fire station. And sometime when I was in elementary school, um, they were adding a big tall radio tower and it was lying down while they were doing whatever they had to do to prepare to set it up. And this was like the greatest jungle gym ever, you know, for us <laughs> kids, you know, <laughs> except for the fact it wasn't made for that. And I fell and like bashed my head open on the, you know, like the crossbar oh and my goodness. Uh, stitches and, you know, and all That's of those what kinds that scar of, yeah. is. Oh. you know, so, you know, that, that, you know, it, it was made out of tubular steel and it had some edges and things that that's, that's the thought that comes to mind about that. Yeah. yeah. Quite and traumatic. And he's the one that came and like, I came yeah. screaming and of course any abrasion to the face just looks like you've been decapitated, oh, blood everywhere, you know? Right. And, right. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, yeah. yeah. That, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. You got a story to tell about that. <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Survived to adulthood somehow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. I was being shown some things that feel like they're from your childhood. Okay. Um, first thing this morning, I woke up and thought about your reading, and I I saw a lunchbox. And um, it was like, not, not to say you didn't have the metal ones, mm -hmm. but this one was more of the new style plastic ones. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it was yellow. And uh, does that sound familiar to you? It, it does. It it had a yellow element. I think the majority of it was blue. There was a an action figure when I was a kid named like Big Jim or something. I, I have the, <laughs> only the vaguest memory of it. But that's what it was. And I don't even think I asked for it, but that's somehow the one that I wound up with. Yeah. Okay. Did the thermos leak? And I'm also seeing kind of a smashed sandwich. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I'm sure the thermos leaked and the sandwiches probably weren't great either. <laughs> okay. And um, you have a brother, correct? Correct. Was there a sense of, there was a little bit of, um, not rivalry, 
but um, clashing, egging on or something when you were younger. But at the same time, there was a sense of support. If something was actually going on with you, it felt like, oh, no, not to my brother type of thing. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. He's quite a bit older than than myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we didn't do a lot to get, you know, there was only a short period of time where he felt young enough to play with mm-hmm. goofy little brother before he, you mm-hmm. know, found girls and automobiles and things <laughs> like that. Distractions. Um, yeah. But but the, the competition came where he was a, let us say, not a stellar student. Mm. And I was a pretty good student. And I'm sure there was a lot of, why don't you work harder in school like Tommy does or something like that kind mm-hmm. of. So I think there was probably a little resentment there, but it didn't mm-hmm. ever bubble over. And I mean, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we had each other's backs. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely seeing that. Oh, um, your mom, there's this feeling of she can make things grow. Things kind of thrived around her a little bit. People did. Yeah. More than yes, yeah. I think she's connections, not, not the Connection. greatest green thumb. Although she had her hanging baskets and things like that, but I think given the opportunity, she set some examples that weren't easy to see right away. Mm-hmm. You kind of had to be away from it for a while before you realized the example that she set. Then it was something that, if you you know, worth your salt, you tried to emulate. You tried to be like the example that she set. She really valued when a relationship made her more of more than what she was without it and how she could help others be enhanced by their relationship with her. You know? Yeah. That makes sense because she had some limitations. So she was thrilled to do the things she could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see this image of her when she was uh, younger where, um, You see those iconic pictures of someone in sunglasses with the scarf? (laughs) Definitely a lot of scarves. Head scarves, yeah. That is the era, most definitely. She's like, I was glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me see. There seems to be an element of uh, military in your family? Yes. That goes back to my grandfather. Okay. Served both in World War One and World War Two. <laughs> yeah, he's showing me uh, bouncing the quarter off a of bed. It better be made well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This um, is a man that ironed his handkerchiefs into his 80s. <laughs> right, then that vibe yeah. is connecting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. Well, speaking of which, is there anyone else that you were hoping would would come come close tonight and and connect with you i suppose if you're going to go for the royal flush i would say grandmother you know but Uh we we were very close although i don't think that i speak with her or anything of the light i still feel a connection to her Uh it's been more interesting to to hear from my mother who somehow has faded farther away and and they both passed away exactly the same year Um, so you know it's not like one's been gone much longer than the other 
Um, but there was a more of a fading with one than the other. And I think yeah. it's, I don't know, that's just how you connect with people when they're alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With your mom, she wants to encourage just the variety of life, you know, the variety of interests and, and just the, the expansive opportunities we have to experience things. You know, that mm -hmm. she wants to really impart that. And your grandmother, quiet, sweet lady. Yes. I see her coming close to you like your foreheads are touching and kind of just talking. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, really sharing in just little things. You know, it's almost like you, you had a secret relationship with her, like you understood each other. Yeah, she really raised me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was she the one who made chocolate chip cookies? She made everything. Because chocolate chip cookies came mm. up, and it was like, <laughs> oh, I really need some of those right now. And I'm like, where's that coming from? A, I don't have any, and B, they would have to be homemade. So I'm like, okay, I got to ask Tom about this. <laughs> you know, the, the, there are those people that, you know, just – anything that comes out of their kitchen is magical, you know, yeah. and she was one of those and, and bless my mom. It was not the case with her. Uh, and she knew it. She fully well admitted that she didn't like to cook. She didn't, I mean, she knew the handful of basic staples, but grandmother is like, you know, the MacGyver of the kitchen, give me, you know, a paper clip, a cup of flour and some bacon <laughs> grease and poof. There was some, you know, remarkable thing. Yeah. <laughs> with your mom was there some kind of green bean incident that you green. can remember hmm. no that doesn't <laughs> ring a bell i was just... <laughs> okay because when you said that i'm like oh don't talk don't talk about the the thing and i'm like beans. what is yeah. it <laughs> yeah I'm, my my memory's failing me i think your grandfather it seems like legacy was important to him just setting the family up yes um to to be secure yes and and just legacy seemed very important to him he wanted to chime in about that a little bit and as with so many people and my family is old all right so i was my mother had her first child at 17 and me at 46 so i have a half brother that's 30 plus years you know older yeah, yeah. um my grandfather was born in the 1880s and lived to 1983 so 100 plus years old wow. um, but growing up going through being an immigrant going through two world wars the mm -hmm. depression all of that saving was critical for him and mm -hmm. taking care of business you know keeping your matters your ducks in yeah. a row and that's how yeah. you were going to provide for every contingency and your and your and your legacy to boot, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely doing, doing things properly. Your grandmother's showing me a routine of, of watching her favorite show. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, Oh, here's the thing mm -hmm. it's on, you know? And it's yeah. just kind of so cute. It was the old daytime. I think it was the guiding light and the mm -hmm. edge of night. The two, I mean, just, as corny as they come, you know, soap mm. operas, afternoon soap operas. But she was pretty faithful. She'd be, 
either sitting or, or ironing and watching those shows pretty faithfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it it kind of tickled her how much of a little pleasure it was to her, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, it's my thing. It's don't you know, don't laugh. It's, you know, it's yeah. my thing. Well, as someone that was very frugal and very um, hardworking. So that kind of time didn't come easily. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hadn't made a pot roast and sewn three shirts and dug a, you know, tomato garden in that time period. You wasted it watching <laughs> right. television, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it was, it really kind of lit her up inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad, I'm really glad that she did take the time. You know, maybe she had to multitask and iron yeah. at the same time, but, yeah. you know, she got it in and that's, yeah. that's important. Got to get those yeah. handkerchiefs ironed. <laughs> right? Someone's got to do it. They're not going right. to iron themselves. Exactly. <laughs> Can't blow right. your nose in a wrinkled handkerchief. No. Heavens, no. no. <laughs> All right. I do have I do have some messages for you okay. that I had written down. There was a stress on successful beginnings. Okay. Um, it, but it's okay to take your time because... Mm-hmm you're going to have some successful endeavors. They don't see you failing at anything that you do. I think there's uh, a lot of encouragement there, but it's almost like if you, if you run into something where you're feeling a little blocked, don't get frustrated, kind of enjoy the pace. I think is is what is coming through here. Uh, yeah, enjoy it. And, um, there's a little bit of encouragement there to dive deep and listen to yourself. Like getting, it's like being shown to me, like there's rivers and there's currents, go ahead. And especially if you have some time because you're waiting on things, really kind of dive deep, kind of get into intuition area Mm -hmm. and just, um, it's okay to explore the deeper side of things. So uh, is does that resonate for you right now? Do you feel like that's timely at all? Or is this something like, remember it, because it's coming up? <laughs> you know, I think it's timely. I, I think reflecting and being aware, no matter where you are, what stage you are in life, you know, the, the only constant is change, right? You know, you have to yeah. always be flexible. You have to always be a little prepared. And certainly as prepared as you can be, but mostly aware. Present-minded, right? Yeah. Forward-thinking, but present-minded. Yeah, just being aware of what's underneath, you know? it's We're yeah. never... We, we like to think we're operating full bore on the surface level, but, you know, we, we aren't always. Nope. And it's always... And then we regret not checking in with ourselves. And, yes. and all this is starting to sound really ominous, but no, the messaging no, was really, really positive. No, it, it, being prepared would have been a big thing in their lives because there were so many things they couldn't prepare for. Yeah. So you prepare for the ones you can. Well, I certainly enjoyed this time with you and getting to know your family. Thank you. I feel like it's a little, I crashed your family reunion. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Um, Before we go, do you have a personal ghost story that you'd like to share? Yeah. and, And it is kind of relating to my grandfather Listener ghost story. He uh, rescued this dog 
that could have easily won one of those ugly dog contests. It was some kind of little terrier thing, but it ears stuck up different direction. It was missing some teeth. And it, at some point in its life, poor life, it maybe had been struck by a car, but then the legs fused in the back. It ran faster than any dog that I can think of, but it kind of ran like a rabbit because the back legs had to go to get adapting. Mm. People overcome, right? Animals yeah. overcome. Yeah. So this was his dog and he would feed the dog and, and it being a man of such structure. In the morning, he would clip out the word search puzzle out of the newspaper, but wouldn't do it in the morning. Now again, this is a man that had long retired. He could have done a puzzle anytime he wanted to, but that was not puzzle time. He stuck it in a dictionary that was beside his chair. He had an easy chair and there was a sofa. So the dictionary sat on the sofa and he would sit in the chair. So he would make supper, clean up, feed the dog. Then he would go sit in his easy chair, turn on Wheel of Fortune. He loved word games. Wouldn't do the puzzle, the paper puzzle, till after Wheel of Fortune. But after the dog finished eating, he'd pick up the dictionary and he would pat on the couch and the dog would perk up and run to him and jump on the couch and lay on the couch next to his chair. And while he watched the TV show, he would just mindlessly rub the dog's stomach and pet the dog. Aww. So he had been gone for maybe a week, two weeks. And I was in the kitchen. I think I had fed the dog and uh, was, you know, looking for making a sandwich or something. And I looked over, and it's not that the dog reacted from just the routine, but she looked up. She cocked her head to one side, and she charged into that back room, and I heard her jump up on that couch. And I'll be honest, I didn't have the nerve to look around the corner because I'm fairly sure he was sitting in that chair. But again, it I could have understood if she just finished eating and trotted off, and because that's just what she had done for you know 10 mm -hmm. years. But she heard it. Yeah. There was no missing that that dog heard that clap and that call for her head-scratching partner for 10 years, and it was time for that time. So that has always been one that was a, a, a nice memory, a, a little unnerving at the moment, but in, in arrears, it, it warms up over time. Yeah. 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 Oh. Now, at the time, did you hear anything? No, Or were not. you just listen? You just saw the I reaction. I just saw the dog react. You know, I just, you know, I don't know. It was just the two of us. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I looked over and she sat up out of her bowl of food and cocked her head and the ears went up. And then mm -hmm. she went trotting off at high speed um, down the hallway into that room. So it was, yeah, it was, he was there. I love it. I love it. That is a fantastic experience. They don't uh, all have to be scary, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Although at the moment, like I said, at the moment, at I was a little unnerved. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the moment. Sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for everything. <laughs> Before we go tonight, you have a podcast as well that I think others would really love to hear about. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's the, the Paranormal Curator. You can find it on all the major podcatchers. I like to say that this is the podcast you listen to on the way to the grocery store because it's typically 12 or 15 minutes long at the most. Trying to curate just amazing stories of the supernatural. No emphasis on 
debunking or proving or anything, just hearing these amazing, hopefully true stories and, and finding a nice category for them to be curated so that we can all share them. Um, I, I think you'll enjoy them. And you might even find a really remarkable interview with a fabulous uh, outstanding psychic medium, like, uh, I don't know, like maybe Jennifer on one of our episodes. We did a great interview. So if you want to know everything there is to know about Jennifer Page, you might want to tune in for that one alone. But it's the Paranormal Curator, and uh, yeah, I hope to hear from you. Yeah, everyone should definitely go check that out next because it was such a treat to talk to you. And uh, it's, I know it's just going to line up so well with with those who listen to this podcast so thank you it was all my pleasure thank you would you like a free spirit reading with me and record your reading for the podcast sign up for your chance to be selected by visiting italktoghost.com slash guest and as an added bonus if you don't want to leave your reading up to chance i'll let you in on a secret there's a discount offer to book a private session with me so you can book a date and time for certain. Visit italktoghost.com slash guest for more details. I can't wait to meet you. Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. I have a message from the spirits this evening, so thank you for joining me around my seance table. Tonight, as I call a spirit close, I'm going to be working with rose quartz. I've worked with rose quartz in the past. I love to bring it close for its soothing, emotional healing energy and that support that it brings. It's a lovely stone to have close to you, whether you're doing spirit work or not. What I like to do is ground and center, but this spirit is a little insistent. She was coming in before I even hit the record button. And she is showing me that this is your sister, your older sister, and that the two of you, when you were younger, oh, you fought a lot. She would pull pranks on you that you did not appreciate, move your stuff, hide your things, all kinds of stuff. And as you got older, she realizes now as your big sister that she was very hard on you she also acknowledges that she had a lot of emotional and mental maturity to do in her life when she went to college she really had a metamorphosis in life her wisdom and growth of being was very apparent and it feels like to me she got a degree in psychology maybe even child psychology and the two of you worked hard to mend your relationship and understand each other even to the point where you can look back on the awfulness of childhood and see it as a good story to tell and something to laugh about and it almost falls under the category of nostalgia at this point. It's so far removed from what your relationship turned into with your sister, and that's really nice. She's coming in tonight, and I think this is why she's being so insistent, 
being a part of her personality, that she just wants to crash in with support for you. She sees that you're going through some changes in your life and these changes weren't necessarily something that you saw coming. You feel kind of blindsided and not something that you wanted in your life as well. And she sees you doing the right things and she realizes that you're not quite through it yet but to keep going and persevere and also do not forget to take care of yourself you can't just be there for everyone else involved and run on empty she wants you to be able to pause and rest and pay attention to what you need because that is valid as well she just she really wants to have you hear that message and to feel it that to hang in there and to take care of yourself in the process I think I'm going to leave it at that if this message resonates for you I hope it reaches you and that you're doing well and that it's encouragement and support for you thank you Are you enjoying your ghostly visit? If so, please follow, like, comment, and share. The ghosts may be talkative, but they are lousy at marketing, so every click helps. Tell your friends, and please leave a kind review so that others might join us. The Spirits, and I thank you. And with that, dear listener, we've reached the end of this episode of I Talk to Ghosts. I hope you've enjoyed my spirit work that I shared with you this evening, as well as those haunted house stories of murder houses. Now, I can't exactly hope that anyone has had an experience with a haunting in a murder house, But if you happen to have and you feel like sharing your story, you can email me at speaknow at italktoghosts.com. In the meantime, wherever you wander off to in this world or the next, just remember, come back and visit with me. Have a lovely evening and good night. If you listen to my podcast, you have to be like me. You love listening to spooky stories. I'm excited to say that Audible is a sponsor of this podcast. Audible's storytelling keeps me company no matter what other task I'm doing. And you know what? Listening can also keep my stress at bay because my mind is being drawn into the stories I'm listening to. Sign up and try it now by visiting audibletrial.com slash ghosts. I'll also have a link for you in my episode description notes that you can click on. Happy spooky reading!